変身Common Rider with me, I'm your host Kip, and with me is Kip Stuck Senpai. Hey Senpai, what's up? What's good, Kip? Not much, you know, it's just uh, the year of TV being good has continued, I think. Yeah, it's been a solid year, for sure. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen episode 11 of Andor, and uh, this is before 12, episode 10 of Andor. That was wild, that was like incredible. But... Yeah, one of my favorite episodes of Andor, and 11 was pretty solid too. I'm wondering if maybe... There's at least a nomination for the show and for Andy Circus though, because that was good. I did see they're like trying to uh, win an Emmy for that. Did you see what they're doing? Yeah, they're like airing on TV, right? <laughs> yeah, which is a very cool tactic. I'd never really seen that before. Yeah, because I heard for a while that like the show was doing bad. Then like the person who who said the show was doing bad was like, "My dad is bad. Maybe the show is doing really good." It's hard to know. Yeah, we'll find out pretty soon. Yeah, it says a. Uh... November 23rd, 24th, 25th, they're going to be on a ABC, FX, Freedom, and Hulu. So, Yeah, no, that's cool, because, like, I'm sure that's, like, very easy to miss streaming shows. You're not, like, super plugged in, but this is, like, also, like, the first time Star Wars has made, like, an awards push, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't do it with any, other, any of the other shows, so this is really interesting. I mean, like, I compared um, Andor to Geet saying it was, like, shows that are, like, in a franchise smartly, but I think... The better comparison is like it's like black sudden Andor. It's like Geats and like Mandalorian as far as like Andor's trying some stuff. Andor had a conversation about marrying off a 13 year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a wild show. Um, And like movies wise, uh, I'm not sure what's really coming out the rest of the year. Like is uh, the second Knives Out movie even in theaters? I don't know. Uh, I think that's going to strictly streaming. I think I saw that recently. Oh, hi. But uh, I think the next biggest movie to come out is uh, Avatar 2, if that's what they're calling it. It's like called Avatar The Shape of Water or something. Not that, mm-hmm. but A- Avatar 2. <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh, The Way of Water. I'm glad Avatar's coming out because I just, we need weird movies to come out. And, you know, that's yeah. my view. I mean, it's, it's been a long time in the making and I'm, Still not sure. I don't want to read too much into it about the plot, but I, I just I'm trying to figure out if this is like a continuation from the second one. I mean, the first one, or if it's going to be like a whole new like decades, years later type thing. You know what I mean? I'm surprised we didn't even get like an animatrix style like midway thing that was like, oh, here's like four animated shorts in like the after universe. We've gotten nothing since 2009. Nothing at all, bro. This started a like 3D craze and has a sequel like 10 years after that craze ended. That's how different this is. And the funny thing is, is like Wakanda Forever came out this month, right? And yeah, there's some characters in it that look like avatars. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that's very weird <laughs> character choice. And like, it's just hard. It's like, I don't know if Avatar 2 can be. I don't know what you could say about the quality of that movie. Like, I bet it can't be good or bad. Like, I think it's 
you're just gonna exist you're gonna be like oh wow this is here yeah but yeah i don't know um i'm not sure but um we have a slightly different uh take today though because uh we are looking not at comrade geet which is uh taking a like week or two off but at comrade black sun black friday uh the recently premiered amazon prime just full-on right there show uh comrade black sun and uh yeah, uh, it's been a minute. We looked at Kamen Rider Black, a little bit of RX, a little bit of Masked Rider, like uh, one or two years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, this is different. Uh, what did you expect, and how did this match that, you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, based off the trailer you sent me, um, I was expecting something along the lines of what we got, um, but I wasn't really expecting this to be like more of a grounded version of Kamen Rider. Um, I don't even think they've they've said Henshin at all during the show. So that was kind of <laughs> weird for me to see, uh, to experience. And uh, just seeing like the realistic forms of the the Kaijin were cool. But I kind of do miss the whole like kind of like super sci-fi mm-hmm. uh, Henshin versions of Kamen Rider, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it's so weird because the thing that I will always say is Kamen Rider is like Star Wars is in that like fans want it it's this like franchise like that's like for all ages or like for kids like it's like loved by adults also in toy stores and like there's always people that want it to be like dark and gritty and mature and like it's hard to know what's actually mature and what's just having some blood and like i think this show is like walking a fine line but it definitely is like missing some of the joy and like a lot of like later shows too yeah i I just wish it was a little bit lighter Especially mm-hmm. after you sent me the little video of like the original Black Sun versus Shadow Moon, that looked way more cooler than than, than what we got in uh and uh Black Sun. If I'm going to be honest, yeah, because um the original Commander Black um we didn't get to see Shadow Moon like in his glory yet, but he's like a OG like what I always heard that was like his first appearance where like he kills Commander Black is like for kids in the 80s like their version of like the green ranger showing up just like oh my god this guy's <laughs> so cool yeah i can see that yeah but like um very fraught character like he keeps coming back as like a major villain and like big like multiverse stuff too so it's like interesting here to like see him made like such a main character so early on which is yeah it's just uh, a lot of weird interpretations of uh shows coming out nowadays mm-hmm. so let's talk about what black sun is though because it's a lot of things <laughs> for sure yeah um we start with some boys getting surgery and like they're trying to hold hands and they're saying each other's names and like they're getting stones put in them so Kotaro, black sun um is the one having surgery on him and there's like a fork in his like chest uh but yeah uh a different way to enter this show i think <laughs> yeah then we get like um the like opening clips and it's like very much like history it's like classrooms it's like people shaking hands in front of like buildings it's like what you would see in like a history documentary and that's kind of like how it's like almost like presented to is like terminator abuse like and we get right to the un and it's like oh let's stop discrimination and this kind of stuff and um then we get right to like two different marches of like people that hate kaijin and like people that like want to coexist and yeah um for the fans um so kaiju means strange beast kaijin means strange person Mm. so that's why like kaiju like 
will often be like large and, and like huge like but like kaijin will be more like a like human scale kind of thing uh but yeah i love how weird the kaijin are like one of our main characters is like this like 14 year old sparrow that like uh, yeah is like super weak and all this stuff yeah uh, <laughs> but like one of the first scenes that we see is this um guy gets mad while the marches are like a meeting and he turns into his kaijin form and he's just a fly and he gets shot in the back by the police <laughs> That was wild. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, this show is using a lot of imagery from politics and, like, political movements and just to see, like, hey, like, kind of like, even that moment of, like, the other police grabbing the guy, not to stop him, but to lead him away from the crowd. I'm like, oh, this is a, this is seeing some recent events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Felt, a little, felt uh, really close to home there. <laughs> yeah. And, um, what do you think about when fiction does this? Like the most famous example is like for X-Men where it's like, oh, hey, racism, but you are, are magical powers. <laughs> it's always weird to me. Yeah, I feel the same way because the reason why you watch shows like this is to escape from, you know, reality. You know what I mean? TV is basically like a form of escapism. So when you see it translated into like stuff like this, it's kind of triggering. Mm-hmm. But I do like, you know, I guess they're trying to bring awareness to like uh, how bad racism really is, but trying to make it more uh, sci-fi-ish, for lack of a yeah. better word. So people could maybe probably grasp it a lot better. That Some people don't understand, like, <laughs> my experience on Earth is different from theirs. You know what I mean? So when yeah. they put it into a sci-fi version, like, oh, why are they, why are they being so mean to the kaijin? You know what I mean? It's, it's weird that some people process that a little bit differently. Yeah. And I think you can do good stories with those motifs. I also think it's very easy to do a bad job or to kind of fundamentally miss something there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't help but remember a couple of years ago, there was this um comics writer. I super forget their name. Like, I'm so sorry. But um, they were talking about how they hated when people compared Professor X and Magneto to Martin Luther King and Malcolm X because fundamentally when a black person is shot on the ground because a police says they're afraid, they don't have the ability to shoot lasers from their eyes. <laughs> that's a good take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think like that's kind of the thing here. Like you we see that like they could be killed by bullets, but also they're like have like monster powers. It's a slightly <laughs> yeah. different kind of racism. Then they have like the the I guess we'll get to it. They have like the heaven that they can kind of just come back after the are shot. Yeah, and like um, it's a thing to say. Okay, it's a little more basic than other shows, but it's like interesting to be like, okay, so kaijin are around. They're people, except for when they uh get mad, but also sometimes when they're young or if they're new, they can't control it, and they're like half people or like partially kaijined out. I guess. But then um, if they get hurt, they could just die. Or if they eat heaven, they can be healed. But heaven will also keep them young. But also there are people that like live a natural lifespan, have kids, just eat normal food, never have heaven. Right. Right. And like later on, like there's like a lot of people like making like a big deal out of, oh, we need heaven. It's like also, I mean, to be immortal or to make new non-natural born kaijin, sure. But 
it's not like your race is like gonna go extinct, you know? Right. It's like it's like a like a luxury, if you will. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like we even see like the leaders of like the like group like Gorgum are trying to age kind of naturally so they don't like raise like red flags for the most part too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um this show is definitely like doing a lot too. Like when we go back to the seventies and they're just like full on like I got a lot of Black Panther vibes and like not that <laughs> one, the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um when I heard the name Oliver Johnson, I was like, okay. That's definitely a black guy. <laughs> I was like, that is what Toku does. Like that kind of name, you know? Yeah, he definitely was stereotypical <laughs> trope of how uh certain Japanese writers see black people. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, oh that's so cringe. Like on one hand, it's like, oh cool, there's like two black characters like in this show that are like kind of realized, but also kinda strongly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The other one the the journalist is pretty cool. I I did appreciate yeah, that Nick. representation. But the other guy, art. Art. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> he very much felt like he was there to let us know that um Black Sun was like cool because he had a black friend that like ball tapped with him <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um this is such a weird show because like it's there's some parts of it that, that like are really cool like i love all the monster designs here and like i love like when they transform they have like those like feet on their back and they're like pushing off the ground and everything mm-hmm. that's all really cool some vibes of comrade or amazons too is like the way they heat up when they transform and they're like also human not human but like a different kind of place politically but yeah um we mentioned that there's a girl talking to the un she comes home and she like gives her kaiju friends some like trader joe she's like hey guys here you go <laughs> and they love it um but i can't help but feel like um there's a lot of characters whose name i don't know <laughs> same <laughs> i was feeling bad I'm like dad should have studied these names before a pod but we'll be all right so kotaro is Kamarder black sun there is Nobuhiku, who is Shadow Moon, his brother. There is Aoi, who is the girl. Her name is like A-O-I, but it's pronounced like Aoi. That's like a meaningful name because it means like blue or green and like the pure color of the like sky. And it's like a name that's like used a lot. I mean, like hope and future kind of thing. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, that that spelling kicks my butt every time. Aoi? Aoi. (laughs) <laughs> Which sounds wrong, right? Yeah. I'm like, that is not like how, you, how we spell Aoi. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's her friend, Shunsuke, um, who is the Sparrow Boy. And then I think, besides that, there's like Kujir, the, the, the like whale guy. And that's it for like important names, I think. And as you mentioned, like this show having roles for like multiple like black characters i've also never seen a show have a like little person character yeah besides game of thrones but like a (laughs) japanese show like i was like oh no yeah (laughs) that's different maybe in like a anime but i don't think that's been done with any kind of nuance (laughs) but yeah um kotaro is using ketamine to manage pain he's buying like six bottles at a time and like doing hits to buy it um Nobuhiku is chained in a cell at the start. He's like forced to eat heaven like a dog. Um, and then like halfway th- through 
this first episode, we see the Creation King. And this is one of my favorite things, this big white like grasshopper on a throne with like tubes coming out of him getting extract. Yeah, I know, right? As soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, this is like so intriguing. I don't know what the Creation King is. Like I know in the original show it was like a big weird <laughs> god villain, but this is like a different thing. Yours remind me of that. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's provocative. <laughs> that is the Creation King. Yeah. Gets the people going. Ever since the original Alien movie, whenever you just have like a big guy in a chair, I'm always like, oh man, he's real dry. What happened to him? Yeah. Dude's been letting off some lows like crazy. Yeah. Dude's burnt out. <laughs> I need some Pedialyte. <laughs> Give me five minutes. <laughs> oh, uh, man. yeah. <laughs> he's just having like a nonstop nut November over there. Yeah, creation king going crazy. Yeah. And um he um moves his head a little bit like when the prime minister like leaves when he shows up and that was like intriguing too. He was like, "Okay, big guy can barely move his head. Kills it going on." And he's conscious but he doesn't say anything. Yeah. And like towards the political stuff, there's definitely a lot of um repetition of other political movements and themes and like you mentioned like the Black Panther stuff, but like it's also like Part of the plot is that, like, we see that Aoi is repeating stuff said in the 70s by the people. So, like, it's kind of a weird commentary on, like, plots about, like, non-human people who want equality to be like, oh, also, it's a plot point that she's doing this. It's weird. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Um, But, yeah. um, I think else in the first episode. Oh, um, we see that Aoi is not living with her parents but with an aunt and we see that they all live in this like ward or slum that's like for like people that like like kaijin and like go to a school that's like kaijin friendly and yeah um the people who want to kill kaijin come to her school to harass her it's like okay i like them because like they do feel kind of like a real hate group (laughs) yeah sucks but true all they're doing is filming them like being racist and like promoting genocide, hoping that somebody gets mad at them so they can post it on YouTube and be like, this guy attacked me, you know? Yeah, that's like every time I go downtown Ebor in Tampa. It's always like those group of people like like preaching like the sermons and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I recently found out that that's like a scam to get like money. Do you know about that? No, what? Yeah, so you know that like the people that are like always like, Jesus is coming, this and that, blah, blah. When you go out like downtown somewhere, yeah, you you guys had that there, oh uh, yeah. So the thing is, if you realize it or if you like pay attention, there's always someone recording. So there's always someone recording because if someone attacks them, they 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 can sue the person that punched them. Okay. So they're like all in it together, like pretty much entice people to like fight them. Isn't that crazy? Oh wow, I never knew that. But so next time you see it, watch somebody's always recording. Or they have a camera up on like a stand or something. That's crazy, but that makes sense. <laughs> my friend told me that and my mind was like, what the fuck? Like, it makes sense though, like you said. Okay. Yeah, and like in the fourth episode, they go to where the Kaijins live and they're like, hey, we want to kill you all. And like they mentioned that like um, the guy that died was like a like fly later too. And they're like, oh yeah, we just use like pesticide. But then like Shun, like flies up above them and just shits on them. Yeah, that was awesome. 
and that's it really like uh for people whose only identity is i'm not in this group that makes me better being laughed at is the worst thing they're like oh no what's happening um and we get our uh first fight scene at the end of the uh first episode to jump back and it's definitely violent there's a lot of um gore in this show too yes very brutal <clears throat> but i think it could be interesting like the show kind of gives me um some devil man crybaby vibes too yeah i can see that yeah because it's like one season there's brothers there's all this like stuff and like who knows what the ultimate like fate is um but um episode two starts with an a like new wrinkle because we're seeing the like 70s like the first time here and like there's like a man being hunted by kaijin because they think he killed a kaijin and then we see this rhino getting hung and burned alive while these like mods like these like well-dressed kids are like yeah this is so much fun mm-hmm. and then we see that like the the kaijin like group has like meetings and stuff and like that's how boys in the 70s are are sent there by their friend oliver to join them but they're like oh like we don't want to protest like we're against violence and it does seem like the show is definitely like playing a little bit with like oh hey um violence might be the answer like a little bit guys but did the original show like follow the same like uh narrative or was it like something different no okay the original show is much more of just a cult based off of this god and like the two boys were implanted like i think like one episode that we saw was just like them having memories of going boating and then like they got grabbed and turned into monsters <laughs> um i do wonder though um what the time frame is supposed to be because they're like in their like mid to late 20s in the 70s and then it's like 50 years later and like some of them are like youthful but our main character looks like 50 because he's like the guy from drive my car that won like an emmy this year or an oscar sorry and uh so it's our first copywriter main character that's an Oscar winner, which is just weird. But uh, hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, I would love to hear more about like what the like movements of the 70s in Japan were or if this is just like cribbing a lot from like American movements because it feels like it is. But who knows like how much of that was just like the same kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, that's a good take. Like were they going through the same stuff there? I have no idea. I've seen some stuff that like indicates that, but like I don't know enough, you know? Mm hmm. And here's where we get the uh, art versus obscenity because Oliver like made like a naked woman with her like bush out and like it's like a whole thing. <laughs> art. Art, yeah. And just <laughs> he's definitely a character. I hope we get some older him where he's less of a stereotype or would he just be like an old philosopher <laughs> at that point, you know? <laughs> New stereotype at lock. But yeah, um... We also see that um, a flower lady comes to get Owie because they think she has the Kingstone. Because at the end of the first episode, like the whole like political party flashes and like becomes part Kaiju for a second because like they feel Black Sun transforming. Like, oh, he's alive and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And this flower lady kills her aunt and like then like curb stomps shun and his eye comes out like a bird's hit by traffic and it was like that's gritty i was like oh no like he gets fucked up and like like a bird would too and then like she put flowers in the room so they couldn't transform and they like chase her down like chatter moon's like no like i'll just bite you in half fuck you i don't care about like your hostage 
<laughs> what do you think about the brothers actually? Because they're a little hard to read at first because they are like mostly re- remembering the past at this point too. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it's fine. I'm not like, don't even really feel like brothers to me. <laughs> um, Besides like the, the, the one moment we got at the beginning of the show. That's probably the only time they really felt like brothers. How about you? Yeah, I think it's an interesting choice to be like, here's a 50-year-old and here's like a 25-year-old and they're playing brothers. Yeah, like other than that opening scene, like they really haven't had any like brother-like type moments. I do want to know like what they were doing between like, based off the timeline, they're probably doing the end of World War II. They were born in the 50s. They got surgery. Then like in the early 70s, like they like, we find them. But what were they doing between now and then? Because there's like a whole bunch we don't know about them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else happens in episode two? Um, we see that um, her parents get snatched on a like dock where they're like walking away. And then we see that the prime minister goes to a cage with a red carpet like laid before him. And he says, welfare recipients, elderly who are living alone, LGBTQ can't produce children. There are many humans that be used as fuel for kaijins and heat heaven. It's like, okay, this is blunt. (laughs) Here's people that we don't value in society. Uh, And it's so the pure extract could make kaijin and the heat heaven is good food. We also see like an auction where like this whole group of people are like buying the kaijin and stuff. One guy gets shocked until he transforms them. Like he eats a lady's face. Very... The show's trying a lot. Yeah, that kind of like felt like kind of like a like a slave auction type thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the amount of money they were going for is, was nuts. I'm like, damn. Was it dollars or yen? If it's yen, it's like in the hundred thousands at least. But yeah. Oh, they're like, because I heard a million. I'm like, damn, that's a lot of money for a kaijin. Yeah. No. But um, I think the show's getting its point across. And like, I'd love to hear like, oh, here's how this is a very good commentary on the current state of like the government in Japan. But it's like, like without knowing some of that, it's hard to not to be like very blunt use of other imagery and, just really, and like have a character at the end of an episode randomly say, yeah. And we take gay people and turn them into slime. Yeah. I've like, I've been on YouTube just to try to like, see how other people have kind of, you know, what their viewing experience of uh black sun was, but most of them were like already finished watching it. So I didn't yeah, it's hard. click on anything. But I just looked at the like the, the titles and like one was like, what was the reason for Black Sun? <laughs> like, what was his purpose? And that's kind of like what you're like alluding to is like, what are they like? What's what's this narrative for? Like, is it trying to like because yeah. they think Americans like racism and stuff like that? They like, oh, OK, that's their that's what they're into. Let's let's make a show about it and put it on Amazon to see if anybody picks up on it. Or like you said, is that what's going on in Japan right now? I have no idea. I'm assuming this is commentary on what's going on in Japan right now. Like, and like, like to an extent, they're like very universal themes. Like, and like, we both watched enough of Comrade or Amazon's to see like the way it's talking about like discrimination and like eating people. So maybe it's just like, hey, broadly, here's ways that we are talking about how Japan gets rid of people who aren't useful, that are on mm. welfare, who are old, who aren't going to have natural children. Hmm. I'm assuming that's it, right? Yeah, that 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 sounds completely correct. And they also like um, 
the use of like grasshoppers like as like a like a like very cannibalistic bug too i think is part of that like to the core of common rider because like old school like original common rider is like hey you're like separate from people and you're not human and like what does that mean and like what is your place in society and can you fit in society and like i think this is trying to do that but also it's like a lot of modern star trek star wars what have you where it's like also here's these writers who have loved this since they were four and they want to do something for adults you know and maybe that's just like we're getting the jj abrams star trek you know yeah yeah um episode three starts with uh the pm's grandson is skeet shooting with a hot lady <laughs> with some tiki drinks <laughs> and he points the gun at her and says let's go shoot a kaiju like i'm gonna like kill like a lizard kaiju then he gets got and just beat the shit out of and yeah um the way this plot progresses by the end of the episode gorgum has has talked to the, to the current pm in the 70s and said okay um hey we want equal rights he's like okay sure and he's like also as part of that you will become i'm gonna rewrite the constitution so we can fight in foreign in like foreign conflicts and you're going to mandatory be in the army that's a different thing too it's like oh like you're second class like citizens but you have technically the same rights but like you have to serve in the army and that's a different <laughs> way to do things too mm-hmm. um yeah i think it's um interesting seeing these 70 flashbacks i hope we kind of like do reach an end with them before the end of the show because like a lot of shows are doing this like oh history and like politics and they don't necessarily have the like writing to pull it off and then like what they have is two sides to like a story that don't feel impactful i'm hoping they like find a way to like put a bow on this before they like are done if that makes sense yeah i was wondering if this is going to like lead up to something so Mm -hmm. maybe something happens at the end and then that explains why the brothers like uh, split up. Yeah, I think um here or the next episode is like where we see uh I think in episode four um Nobuhiku is uh walking to get water with uh the girl they both like and like she washes her face on his shirt and then they kiss and he's like I almost like think I'm not a kaiju. So there's like good filming going on. There's like good acted scenes, but I'm not quite getting the coherence of it. Like I'm just kind of assuming like. I think I'm liking it more than you because I'm like just like oh this is just probably about like the general feeling of like Japan towards its population that maybe isn't pure Japanese isn't straight like isn't young but like it's also just something missing in the in the execution so far you know yeah I feel like it's starting to like get a little bit better for me because I really enjoyed episode four for sure Mm -hmm. that was probably my favorite episode so far um oh uh the one last thing in episode three is that like this whale kaijin kujira shows up and he like wrestles with kodoro and then they fight then like he's stopped from being killed by hayaoi and like it's worth noting that i know that um in the original comrade black he gets killed <laughs> and thrown to the ocean and this whale kaijin that he spared before rescues him and like uses the power of the earth to like resurrect him or something oh wow so maybe that's why they're friends here like i'm not sure if this show would have that happen but also like the like synopsis says something that like sounds way more fantasy than this i'm not sure that's just like translation exaggeration but like maybe the show like goes full on like the men of the earth like personified you know who knows Mm -hmm. but yeah uh and the last thing on three is that the group splinters and steals 
the creation king and the sword the start of four is like them going into the woods to hide the king and i think that um I, how they're showing the difference of opinion of hey you make concessions that basically made us have to go to war that's a wild thing to do to like take away like our like major god and make us go to war that's a major concession i think mm-hmm. uh in the present day uh Aoi's dad gets turned into a like kaijin and like i like so much about the scene like the like one doctor that's like trying to get water from this jar outside and then gets like called back in like he's begging and all this stuff but he is however turned into a like kaijin and uh comes to get her and he's so weird his like eyes aren't going right his like mouth is foaming yeah like was that a play on how like crabs kind of like have like crazy eyes too yeah i think so okay yeah that whole like build up towards you know like him chasing her being turned into a kaijin like that was perfect french fries and oreos deeds you know me too well (laughs) uh yeah at the same time we're seeing the teen group because shun remembers that um he was saved and, and like given heaven by nobuhiku like and like thinks of that like in like episode three when he wakes up and like has his eye back and um at the end of three like uh is also when nobu like got in the middle of the like protests and like talked about like his like new third way and like how he wanted to like fight and like he has all these teens now and they're like training they're like doing squats and like hitting their abs with bats and then they're like eating heaven the first time and they're tripping out and like it makes you trip the first time or whatever it's really good i don't know then i just love how she's being hunted by her dad though as the episode like ends and like he's like hunting her in this old movie theater and like he can't control himself between like wanting to like kill her or like get the like kingstone and like being her dad and he's like going between and then kujira shows up and like takes his arm off and then like gets stabbed then she like stops her dad but then like her dad like attacks her again and kujira like rips his chest off to kill him yeah that was crazy yeah and man a lot of very innovative violence in the show yeah they're going for it and like she's holding her dad's arm as like the episode ends she's like talking to like kotaro and just like oh she's like so sad and like there's like what's the next steps and yeah um Interesting show, definitely a lot going on. Um, what do you think we're in for? Do you think it like can bring it together in a way that makes sense to us, or is like they're like outside reading that we need to do? Yeah, I guess I guess the thing would be like either they're gonna kill the creation king or or not, and then there's also the keystone kind of thing going on. But uh, I can see them land- sticking the landing. But I guess like we figured out the the reason for the show is like this is kind of like what's going on in J- Japan right now, and that's my biggest question going into the pod and you kind of answer that for me that's my assumption because just like talking about some other toku shows like other people and like certain like anime and like other shows i'm definitely seeing a rise in just a nondescript other that is being like grinded down by japanese society so like i have to assume that it's just a major thing right now of people are being mistreated and made second class for like not fitting into whatever the mold is you know yeah that 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 makes completely sense like this the movie didn't take place in japan but uh i remember uh when parasite came out 
that was kind of like a big thing because that's what kind of like what's going on in Korea, like as far as classism, classism as well. So, yeah, you know, you kind of tell stories based off your environment. So I appreciate it. And also, uh, I'm sure we can identify with being ground down unless we're a productive part of society. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely like borderline middle class. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get it. I think the show might be able to stick the landing if like it connects some of those themes like a bit more universally or like just like does some more character work because right now it's just like the themes would hit a little bit better if we saw characters interacting a bit more and like it does seem like they're trending towards like these characters opening up and talking and feeling and like that's like like where the show like seems like it's right about to be like there's lots of scenes of like Kodoro starting to talk and smile so like Maybe that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, what do you think is next, though? Uh, what is next? Um, definitely, I think it's going to be a lot more uh, Kotaro and Aoi-centric. <laughs> because uh, I think that's like the main storyline, right? Just him trying to like protect her and her trying to like fight against, uh, you know, like that. The Gorogum uh, or whatever. So yeah, there's that. Um, and then you got the little Illuminati society, the Gorgum. I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do as well. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be the, the main focus moving forward. Is those three, those three storylines. And then I guess we'll see with the 70s storyline. But I'm pretty sure that's going to le- uh, lead into why uh, Shadow Moon was captured at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want a spoiler for the original show that might mean nothing, might mean something? Yeah, go for it. I think like it's like a spoiler insofar as they say it in the first episode, but the stones put into the two brothers, um, Black Sun and the Shadow Moon, are the King Stones, or at least part of it. And like they're both candidates to be the next century king. So I'm wondering if that stays over. Oh wow. Okay. That's very I like that. Okay. I kind of assumed that would carry over and like, it's something that like you would know if it's like, Oh, like if you watch the show back in the day or whatever, but yeah. Okay. I'd go for that. Yeah. And like, I think um, either way, the show is probably going to end with the brothers in conflict though, you know? Yeah. But no, um, theories and thoughts, but beyond that, I guess um, let's talk about uh, next week really quick. Uh, Next week, there might be, three geats by then or whatever but like because geats is coming off a break we're just gonna go two episodes of like geats and two episodes of black sun um and kind of just like follow that arc maybe we'll like catch up on geats once that is done but right now uh just um black sun probably until the end of the year or like near then and then we'll go back to finally talk more about Jetman and build yeah oh but as always though senpai who are your top three favorite characters in Income Rider Black Sun episodes one through four? Ooh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tough, tough, tough. Uh Aoi's probably third. Mm-hmm. Um who's my second? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, he's not a main character, but I like Shun a lot. Yeah. And then one just because he's the main character, uh Kodoro. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, um, Shun's really interesting because um, we're kind of seeing the start of him getting indoctrinated too. That's like a really cool plot line. Um, I'd say three for me. I'd say um, 
two is Nobuhiko. I think he's doing a lot with it's weird to have to be like in both plot lines and like <laughs> look different but look wistful. And like I was like laughing um during that scene where he was like cutting his hair with like scissors after like being in jail for like fifty years. <laughs> yeah. Uh one, I'm gonna say Owie. I think she's really good um at her role. She like plays off like that moment where she's like next to her her guardian her like aunt and her mom calls for the first time in years and she's like oh you want to meet me and take me with you yeah that's very well done um and also like to add a fourth i like kotaro not my top three but you know main characters never seem to be for me uh (laughs) you know and then what of the effects the fights and the uh, monster suits and that kind of stuff were your favorite uh, definitely, uh, the dad can turn into the crab was, I'll never forget that. <laughs> that was nuts. How about you? I love how all of the thumbnails are just like different kaijin faces and they all look super detailed and fucked up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say probably, I think, um, that fight scene, um, in episode three between Kotaro and Kujira where like, they're like old man wrestling and then like his back erupts with his like legs as he like gets uh, to his feet. yeah and uh worth mentioning this show has very good music uh the like intro song is like kind of terminator s but it's like a very good like theme but like that ending theme uh which they will try very hard to make you skip on amazon but it's like two or three minutes of just like a solid great theme song um it's a can you feel the sunrise and uh that song's great. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, last question though. Uh, best outfits. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Definitely something from the 70s. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> uh, I'll go Shadow Moon style. I like his. Not the Oliver Johnson train conductor hat and red pants. and. Nah, fam. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that um, a shout out to, I don't know her name, but in... The second episode, they're trying to show us that uh, in the modern day, the uh, flower lady is deadly. So they make her dress like she is going to turn into like a flower. She's like wearing like leather skirt, green top with like red flowers. Like, oh, she's definitely a deadly flower person. <laughs> That's kind of right. Black Sun, a little uh, disordered because there's just so much going on that like there's multiple scenes about I could just say, oh, and the way they filmed this was great. And like, it's also just weirdly out of time but yeah um with that though uh senpai where can people find you when you're uh, not talking about a uh, common writer you can find me on instagram tiktok and twitter copacetic senpai where can they find you kips find uh, me on twitter.com at james forge you can find the podcast at common writer on social media the plan right now i think is to update the twitter with everything that we've done Maybe keep it updated, but I think we might be looking at co-host and Mastodon just as a primary platform going forward. Uh, you know, uh, as much as I liked people making Lockheed Martin lose billions of dollars and that kind of stuff, uh, I think Twitter might not be the best, most stable platform <laughs> going forward. <laughs> uh, what fake verified tweet was your favorite? Uh, I don't have one, to be honest. All right. Uh, I've said this on last week's episode but like i will say it again um <laughs> it was the verified mr bean who wants mr bean to eat their pussy oh yeah i did see that yeah uh, that's my favorite too <laughs> yeah just 
Uh, and check out comrobbery.com uh, for episodes and articles. There is a slash merch for links to our merch. All proceeds are going to Trans Lifeline. There is slash episodes for links out to different platforms. Please rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. On Apple Podcast, when you rate and review, you can get a pension here made of you. Uh, and, and I guess, what's our takeaway? What did we learn today, Senpai? Don't be a racist. <laughs>